Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, Some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge when you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees look at assaultlimited.com also sponsoring today's podcast is urban savage urbnsvg.com the best quality apparel available american made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental get squared away physical the podcast that'll help you get squared away new year new you let's fucking go we were just talking about the meme yeah that's what i was doing we're just talking (laughs) about the new all the new new year's memes man flying around everybody's got some advice on what to do with the new year everybody's gonna do something i guess you know starting today is better than starting tomorrow but motherfuckers you should have started like six eight months ago (laughs) just like we talked about last time right yeah if you're gonna make a change just do it i learned something new this week Uh oh pot increases your amateur aromatization of testosterone into estrogen so then it causes a higher percentage of estrogen to testosterone and then your body downregulates testosterone. So it's possible that the ease of use of marijuana in our population today is causing effeminate men. Yes. Damn. Well, that explains a lot. I mean, think about well, what was that first term? Aromatization. That so sounds like aromatization. I had to I had to figure out um because it's it's I want to say amateurization like a, like alone yeah but it's not it's aromatization so basically that's Aroma. so you everybody men have testosterone and estrogen and women have testosterone and estrogen right we just have a ton more testosterone than estrogen they have a ton more estrogen than testosterone but they do similar things in our body um, so your body creates testosterone. And then, and this is for men, I'm not sure if the women might create estrogen, but your body, men's body in your balls and a few other places creates testosterone. And then that testosterone, a little bit of it gets aromatized into estrogen and then estrogen does its thing. And like on a, on a hormone test, it's called estradiol. Um, That's E2. Um, So, and if your body has very good compensatory mechanisms when something gets out of whack. So if your estrogen is entirely too high, 
it knows your body knows that that comes from testosterone. So it'll downregulate your testosterone. So it'll actually decrease the hormones in your body that make you masculine because there's too much of it getting turned into estrogen. Wow. And that's true. That's under a chemistry, under uh, the dictionary. Aromatized. Yeah, don't make this shit up, bro. In primate brains, testosterone is aromatized to estrogen. There Ooh. you go. Wow. See? I've never heard that term. Yeah. I guess I got to start reading the dictionary uh, what word a day thing. Yeah. But um, so that it was really interesting to me um, because I may or may not have started partaking in the last six months um, nightly for sleep. And I'm not sure somebody asked me if this is the same for CBD. I don't know if it's the same for CD, CBD because the original studies that pointed to all of this were done just with normal marijuana. But, but CBD is a pure derivative. It's a derivative, but we don't know. Like without seeing the science, you don't know if the CBD could be do. It could be coming from the CBD, the derivative, because CBD is mm. in marijuana. So it could be coming from that. We don't know. Right. TH. THC. THC and CBD are both in marijuana. CBD has no THC. It is a plant that is the same, but doesn't create any THC. Yeah. And then there's Delta 8 THC, which is legal, um, but it's non-psychoactive. So like you can go buy Delta 8 THC, which is Delta 9 THC is the normal THC that you have every, every pot, pot has, right? So, um, but we don't know that it's coming from CBD. So that's, I want to just get that out there because somebody asked me that and I, I'm not 100% sure. Right. So the part two follow up of this is I mean, what in pot actually and how do you, I mean, that. how do you do that? Like, that's a pretty, that's a pretty extravagant study, yeah. you know, that they would have to do. And we are not funding that study, clearly. Yeah. So you've been taking the CBD gummies to sleep, right? Yeah. The CBD gummies so to sleep. Getting sore and- no, but my testosterone in... March was 760. My testosterone in December was 460. Dang, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I'm like 90 years old and I got higher tests. No, you have higher free tests. Free tests. So anybody that wants to get in, if you if if you want to message me, I've done some amazing amount of research in this area in the last six months. Um, I still don't know everything, but I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on it. But your free test. So you you have a total test, which is that big number that I just said. Mine was 768 and then it was 468. Yours was like 390 and you're like 100. And that then some of that gets taken up by sex hormone binding globulin. And then some of that is used and converted into estrogen. And then there's a little bit left that is uh, considered free test. And free test is what builds muscle gives you the overall euphoric, confident feeling. It's everything that comes with being a man comes from the free testosterone levels. Um, So you could have a really high regular test level, but you could also have something wrong with your body or something inactive or you're using too much of it um, because you're training too hard or anything like that. And your free test levels could be at the floor. Yeah. And you could still have all the low test uh, symptoms, but your actual test level is completely fine. And if you guys want, I mean, you could go to um, the More Plates, More Dates, uh, Derek from More Plates, More Dates. He's got a lot of great videos. Um, The Anabolic Doc has some great videos. And there's a ton of really good videos that you guys can watch and really get a handle on how all this works because it's all compensatory mechanisms. If you elevate your testosterone, you're also going to elevate your estrogen and it's a ratio and certain things will make will will totally screw up all your estrogen levels. And these are all like things that you need to know if you're if you're even if you're taking any supplements that are messing with your hormones or if you're taking any exogenous hormones. These are all things that you can't just like. A good doctor won't just put you on TRT and then just let you roll. Yeah. You're going to have pre-tests. You're going to have post-tests. They're going to they're gonna alter things. They're going to get you on aromatase inhibitors. If your estrogen levels are too high, these are all things that are that are needed. But that's where I got across the, the, the pot thing was it was like, holy shit. Like, there's no saying that that's what caused my number to go almost in half. Um, but there's a possibility. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's weird. Yeah. Never heard of that, but I mean, I started supplementing, you know, we were talking about DHEA the other day, yeah. so I started and taking- And my, DHEA, my DHEA levels on my um, tests were way on, like, my, mine were trash compared to yours. 
So that was um, that was also where we got on to, you know, telling you about the DHEA. Yeah. So I'm taking 50 milligrams a day in the morning, in the morning. In the, yep. Yeah. And then uh, I just finished off a cycle of uh, Fidelis Agrestis with Long Jack. Oh, yeah. So I just I just tried one cycle of that. So these are all natural supplements. Yep. So I've been taking those in the evening, but it wasn't like I was having any issues. Yeah. But, you know, we always talk about checking our levels. I had yeah. that uh, blood test. And, yeah, I mean, I'm not in bad shape. You know, for my age, I'm doing well. It's just, yeah, I'm looking long term. Yep. I just don't want it to, you know, be on the decline. And No, and now you now you know where your levels are as you feel fine, right? So if yeah. in a year you start, you notice like, hey, I'm kind of feeling lethargic or I'm feeling weak or any of those things, you can go in and get a blood test and you can compare that to where you're at now. And you'll be all right. And if any of you guys want to do this, it's awesome. I mean, you can go to, I think it's called Health Labs. Um, and they have draw locations all over the U.S. Um, we have a draw location 10 minutes from where we're recording yeah. right now. And you just schedule your appointment. They have a little checklist. You check off what you want. And they'll do everything. I mean, you can do, like I had, I had a, a complete hormone panel, but I also had a health panel done. So that has all your cholesterol. Um, I got a prostate stimulating um, PSA. And everything else done just to see if there was any elevated uh, numbers there, which everything was good. The only thing is my carbon monoxide in my blood was high. Weird, since you have to wear masks. Oh, really? Yours I, that's high? the only thing I can think of. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I was surprised yours was high. Yeah. I suppose you're going in and out and having to put one on and off all yeah. day where I'm just sitting at home. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And you're wearing it when you're in, in getting the blood test, right? I mean, that that's going to cause you're in the doctor's office. Oh, really? Yeah. They, they didn't. Uh, no, so I wore mine. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just so used to it for work. So I wore mine. But yeah, there was a ton of people that came in and out without them. Yeah. Um, they, they had a sign on there that suggested. Yeah. Because I think they didn't have a sign before. And then, you know, some Karen must have went in there and freaked out. So Yeah. But then the doctor came out. I never, I don't see the doctor there. I just, get, they're just a blood draw for me. But yeah, yeah, he came out and didn't have one on. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole goal is, I mean, for me, I'm proactively managing my health. Yeah. So I want to get ahead of the ball game so that later on it's just either just a an adjustment versus, you know, when by the time you got to react to anything. Yeah. I mean, you're basically got to go, you're in And you'll have no idea where you're at. If you city. haven't done that initial if you haven't done that initial test, you got no idea what to compare it to. Yeah. So if you guys have an extra, you know, 150 bucks and you want to, that's an amazing thing to get done. Yeah. No, that's great. What else is new? Uh, it's Wisconsin. It's it cold is and negative six on the way up to Reedsburg this morning. Ooh, I already told my son that. Uh, yeah, I'm ready for springtime and warm weather. Yeah. So, but uh, I don't know. The other thing I saw today, uh, there was a meme, I think, that basically was talking about a good part of building a relationship. It was like the, have you ever heard of a thing called the twos? I think I saved it too. Twos? Like T-W-O-S? T-W-O-S. No, I don't think I've ever heard of the twos. Oh, let me let me dig this up because this was uh it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm starting to learn how to use these saved in my Instagram. Yeah, there you go. Then you can save and then come back to it. That's pretty important. Yeah, save all these workouts. Yeah, right. Do you do them though? Well, I use them as tips. Oh, here's a go. Yeah, they said uh this couple that got married told each other we have a two 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 rule. Every two weeks we go out for the evening, every two months we go out for a weekend. Every two years we go out for a week. And then people still ask how long our honeymoon phase will last. I think it'll last if we stick to our twos. I I like that, but I think it's also bullshit because that honeymoon stage, it, it, it you, you want to live in that. I think that it's it, just, yeah, I think it, it settles, right? Like I think it settles and you become better friends than you ever were during the honeymoon stage. Yeah. But I, I like that though. I mean, we go on day night every week. So yeah, the two, two, two thing sounds pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I was bad. I don't think I did that. So you look back, right? And you're able to grow from it and learn from it. And and yeah, it happens, right? Like, fuck, my relationship's a million times better today than it ever was five years ago, seven years ago. But that took a lot of pain. It took a lot of growth from both yeah. of us. And I, we're, we're talking to my daughter this week because she's been with her boyfriend now two years. Ooh, the two. Yeah, the two year mark. Um, and my wife, my wife told her, she said, I know that we look like everything is, is really good on the outside, right? Like it's shiny and cozy. And this is for you guys out there too. Um, that doesn't come without work. 
it takes a lot of hard conversations and a lot of pain and a lot of growth and a lot of, I don't like this about you. And then it takes you growing and learning and, and adapting and becoming a better person for your spouse and a better person for yourself. And that shit isn't always easy. No. But if you can find somebody that's willing to do that, both, you know, yep. having a two-way two challenge and growth, that's that works. So do you guys, how often do you guys get the uh, two, what's the second one? The weekend the away? Weekend? Um, I would say we probably average every two months, two, three months, maybe four. Oh, yeah. um, what about the week? The week we don't take very often. No? No. We Why? definitely don't take that very often. We're at a weird spot right now, which... Uh, my oldest daughter is 17, so we're a little nervous to leave her home alone. <laughs> for a week. For a week. And, well, grandma and grandpa. Well, and so that's where it's at. But it's also like to take her away from her job and everything else because they're an hour away. Yeah. For a week is is also some work, right? So we're in a weird standstill, weird standing point right now where it's like it would be perfect if one of my parents would just come down yeah. and stay with them at our house for the week. So like their lives could still maintain. Yeah. Um, but you know, she's turns 18 in April. So it's like, we're at a point where it, you can see it's the gonna be out of your control. Yeah. At that point it is out of our control. And you know, maybe then by midsummer, Oh, this is so fucking awful to say by midsummer. Maybe we do leave her home with the house by herself. Ugh. Better get those uh, cameras hooked up. I don't want to fucking see what's going on. As long as my house isn't destroyed when I get home, that's all I fucking you put care them about. Up and you tell her that they're up. Yeah, just, I'll just like the like the security cameras <laughs> the at those one. stores with the fake ones. <laughs> they just it's just a light that's wired to a battery. Oh uh, yeah, right. I think my kids know me better than that. So yeah, we got live cameras going. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any. You know, we bought. There was a bunch of people coming through our neighborhood, and we bought cameras, and then I took them back. I returned them. I'm like, what? What am I going to see? I'm going to see that a dude with a hood on came and rifled through my car. Oh great. A dude oh, with really? a hood. Like, I can't, I'm not going to see shit. <laughs> I got the units I can talk through. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, we're always home. We're home every single night. Like, we don't go places very often. So, but we had a weekend this weekend alone. So, it was it was glorious. It was great. Both kids went up to my parents, which is, uh, we got married on New Year's Eve. So. Oh, really? Yeah, we got married. On, so, it was our anniversary. So, both kids went up to my parents and, you know, we hung out. And, man, yesterday was just, a, we just stayed home. Like, we went and got breakfast and a Bloody Mary, but then after that, we just stayed home for the day and just hung out. It was great. Well, just enjoyed each other. That's yeah. good. At our 11 year anniversary, still just enjoying each other. <laughs> Speaking oh. of changing, we're gonna we're gonna take on the the growth mindset because out of last year, I think this is one of the most fundamental um, podcasts that we did, and it wasn't in the top nine. Um, but I think that the ideas that come from the Growth Mindset podcast are some of the most imperative to becoming a better person and getting squared away. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's the foundational, it's the bedrock of a getting squared away. So, yeah. So, should we define mindset first? Um, mindset defined as the establish of a set of attitudes held by a person. An attitude is a settled way of thinking or feeling. So basically a co- consistent way of, of thinking or feeling. Um, so this, a lot of this info comes from the book Mindset by Carol Dweck, which we covered in the, I think this was podcast like 12 or 10 or 15 or some shit like that. Yeah. But um, if you guys have it, if you guys have time, download the book or buy the book it's it's a seven hour book, you know, maybe 250, 300 pages. But really, the first half of the book is where all this information comes from. And then the second half of the book is like implementing it in business or implementing it in coaching or implementing it in teaching. And those are great. Those are great also. But that's not where a lot of the info that come from. The real info comes from the first first half of the book. And Carol Dweck is a I believe a Harvard research scientist who taught all of these things that she did all this original research for and her, her students got to a point where they were like, you, you have to put this in a book because this information is so, so amazing and so imperative that people need to be able to grow from it. Right. Yeah. And so just to give you an idea that there's two different mindsets, right? The fixed mindset and the growth mindset. And 
nobody really is all one or all of the other. Like everything in life, it's a scale, right? And you're going to have times when you're in more growth mindset and you're going to have times when you're more fixed mindset. But the idea is to always try to be more growth minded um, in everything that you do in your life. Yeah. And I think the difference between the fixed mindset and growth mindset is where are your tendencies, where do they lie right now? So if somebody was to give you something that challenged your way of thinking now or challenge you to do something different, what's your automatic, you know, thought? So uh, mylearningtools.org, which I actually have right up right now, has a really good uh, illustration of the growth mindset versus fixed mindset and has a link to a video with, uh, with Dweck. It just talks about, this illustrates a picture of somebody that has a growth mindset, fixed mindset, and what are characteristics. So if somebody has a fixed mindset, if somebody presents you with something that challenges you or criticism, right? Um, you're going to one, either avoid that challenge or avoid, you know, any type of feedback. You're going to give up, throw your hands up in the air, give up, uh, and just think that, you know, your talents and your abilities are set the way they are. They're all predetermined, right? You're, you're never going to get better. You don't need to work on them. And, and and you're just focused on the outcome. And to dig deeper into that first one, you're going to avoid the challenge. Um, I think where a lot of the structure, the underlying structure of that avoidance is because people with the fixed mindset judge themselves by where they are at. They are smart or they are a failure or they are good at this thing. And when they judge themselves by that, if you challenge them and they are not currently at this moment able to meet that challenge, they are going to that is going to downregulate how they feel about themselves. So they would rather avoid that challenge than they would take on that challenge, fail and then feel worse about themselves. Right. No, exactly. Um, here's some more is uh, feel threatened by the success of others. You know, how many people do we know? Who don't like, you know, who don't want to be anybody else's cheerleader, right? Yeah. Um, run from error. Do not engage with the with with it with a desire to look smart, just like you just said. You know, and ignore negative feedback, even though it may be useful. Avoid new experiences with fear of failure. And look for people who can reinforce their self-esteem. You know, people that basically would just enable them to be who they're at and can lead to cheating and deception. Yeah. And this is somebody that looks for a spouse that puts them on a pedestal, right? Or friends that put them on a pedestal. Like you are this, you are so amazing. You are so hot. You are so smart. You are so whatever the, you know, the, uh, descriptive word after that is. And with that, you end up, it boasts their self-esteem, but you never have somebody that pushes you. You never have somebody that that advances yeah. who you are and, and tries to m- support you to become more. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that other person would. I don't see that as sustainable. Somebody being in that type of relationship, being on. The, I think two. I think maybe two fixed mindset people together is sustainable. A but fixed I mindset think person is willing to do that. A fi- is Just, willing to. Have to be the stool for that other person. I mean, yeah. If if you have a you know if you have an overall four that's married to an overall seven, they're always going to be. But then they're always going to be you know looking up to them and telling them how hot they are and smart they are and how much money they make and you know what I mean. But if you have two people like that, I think that you can maybe sustain it. You always have the person with the upper hand, and then you always have the person that's supporting them, not even supporting them. Um, basically rallying them or uh, propping up their ego, right? Go back to the ego podcast. That was one of the top podcasts this year, the ego podcast. Um, But I think where it's really damaging is when you have a growth mindset that is dating or married to a fixed mindset. And I think that becomes trouble. I think, yeah, that's where the, the gap, the longer you're together, the gap gets wider and wider and wider. Eventually, it's just not sustainable. She talks about um, in the book, she talks about two people that that were like that. There was a, the woman was a growth mindset and, the, and the, the man was fixed mindset. And whenever something would go wrong in the relationship, she would bring it up. And because she would want to work on it because she is growth minded and she would say, this is something that I don't like. Let's improve it. And he would hear. Right. So that's what she was saying. And he would hear you are not this. I don't like it. And so he would instantly go into a shell. He would call his mother, 
who his mother was the the you know she was his ego booster and so his mother would tell him how amazing he was and awesome he was and that was his comfort zone right because we all want to think positively about ourselves um and if you're a fixed mindset person you have to get that external gratification and that external approval and uh it ended up ruining their marriage wow yeah that's right so let's talk about growth mindset then yes Growth mindset is described as uh, somebody that embraces challenges, perseveres in the face of failures, invites failures. Uh, talents and abilities can be developed and knows that they have talents and abilities that they have no clue that they may have. Focus on the process, not the outcome. Find the inspiration in other successes. Engage deeply and process the error with the desire to correct it. Big thing is accept criticism as a way to learn and embrace novelty with a desire to master new skills. Look for people who challenge him to grow and leads to collaboration and innovation. I think that's important because a lot of the memes we see that keep floating out for the new year is, you know, you're, you're the average of the people that are the five closest people to you or things that are related to that or Correct. take inventory of the people that you know are closest to you or was oh man i saw a good one the other day is uh, look at people that you hang around with like a bank account you know who are the investments and who are the withdrawals and you know who do you want to keep so you know it's this is the new year i'd probably say the biggest thing even in my life through the last you know 1000 years i've been alive on earth is is always constantly evaluating, you know, the people that are around you, who's, who's strengthening your, you know, getting squared away, who's strengthening your spirituality, your mental, you know, your mental abilities, your physicality, you know, who's supporting you with that and, uh, and your emotional IQ, who's playing with it or who's uh, help building that. So, and you know that you've been through enough changes in your life. Oh yeah. Yeah. And there's a big difference. There's the people that don't like to see it will fade away. As you improve and grow and become, you know, more of a badass, they kind of fade away because they don't like to see it because it, it, they look at it and then they judge themselves on your um, success and your growth. And if they aren't putting in the effort to make those successes or make those growths, then they feel poorer about themselves. And then you, you, you can see them just fade right into the distance. Yeah. I think there's nothing more fulfilling than, you know, getting to know somebody, being in a relationship. And they always feel that they're stuck. So they may be temporarily in a fixed mindset and they want to be in the growth mindset. They just don't know how to get there. And to watch them blossom, whether it's, you know, I've seen a lot of cases where it's physically, you know, where they're, you know, I don't like using the scale thing, but, you know, let's go back to your scale thing of, let's say they're a four, but you can really see that they're eight to a 10, but it's just that they've lived this life or people that, they've surrounded themselves with have kept them at that four level. And it just only takes, you know, a change in mindset and they just blossom. And, you know, you just want to, you know, tell them, Hey, you know, go show yourself off, show those changes off, man. That's, you know, and I get it. The scale thing sounds super misogynist, but when I use it, (laughs) when I use it, I never mean it in specifically one way. You know, it could be an intelligence a scale of one to 10 yeah. or attractiveness, a scale of one to 10 or financial stability, one to 10. Right. Or if you're talking about an overall person, you have to realize that that scale and takes everything in and you might be gorgeous, but you're a fucking cunt. Oh, excuse me. I just use that word online. <laughs> I love that word, by the way. Um, oh. And then you you're a three. Yeah. Even though you're hot. Right. So like you got to realize that I don't when I use that, I'm not using it as a misogynist prick. Yeah. I'm using it as I know where you're coming yeah, from. I yeah. just know on the world that's why, scale. That's why I wanted to elaborate yeah. into that. So the world looks at everything as a zero to ten on the on the superficial scale, let's call it. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there's so many people that I know that man, physically they could be a ten, but the minute they start letting their personalities out, it's like, oh shit, man, they're like a maybe a three if they're lucky. That's why I think a ton of a ton of very, very successful movies have been made on the comeback kid, the comeback girl, or the comeback boy, right? Like they grew up kind of pimply and ugly, maybe smart, kind of nerdy. And then, you know, they develop whatever happens to them. You know, their friends make them, you know, yeah. push them to start dressing hotter or, you know, they get fit or whatever, you know, and the movie always, it has that, that kind of story arc, right? Well, those people 
and it, and it works in real life too. Those people had to develop a personality early in life uh, because everything, if you don't believe it, everything is about attention. It's when you're a kid, it's about your parents' attention. When you're uh, in school, it's about the attention of the other, you know, your peers and the teachers and all of that. It's all about attention. And I don't mean attention in a negative way. I mean, attention as in like attention. And so if you are, you know, if, if you're physically and, and attractiveness level is, is low, then you create this great personality and then people love you for your personality. And then guess what happens if you have that personality and then go through puberty or, you know, lose a bunch of weight and get hot. Like then all of a sudden you're the fucking whole package. Right. And like that, there's been a million movies throughout time made on that whole idea of, you know, the, the comeback. Yeah, I think of that one movie, uh, She's All That. Yeah, that She's one? All That or She's Freddy Out of Your Prince League. Jr. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's something, too. I don't remember. I'll have to go back and find it. But I remember somebody talking. I think it was a psychologist or a psychiatrist talking about, like, um, is a generalization, clearly. But men generally see the possibility of attractiveness in women. Like, they can look at a girl that's dressed down um, and they can read their their possibility of hotness, right? Um, doesn't need to have makeup on, you know, but women generally judge on the, the, the immediate attractiveness, not necessarily the possibility for attractiveness. Women so do that's that. interesting. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I, I, like I say, take this with a grain of salt because I can't even remember where I heard it oh, from. Study. Um, and it might even be women judging women versus men judging women. It might not be women judging men and men judging women. Yeah. So it might I mean, be the initial way that women judge women, because let's face it, like if your woman gets all dressed up, like she's kind of dr- getting dressed up for you, but she's getting dressed up for herself and for other women. Like it's. That's true. That yeah. kind of goes back to, I think that uh wedding discussion we had. Yeah. Or when they go to a wedding, you know, I've been with people that go to a wedding and they're too busy. Like it's it's like this judgment, or not even judgment. It's like all these women are on stage at the wedding, not the couple. Yeah, but all these women are on stage, and they're all competing against each other for what prize? I have no freaking clue. And that's the thing, right? It, like it's not like, and and it's so weird too because it's like what eighty percent of these women are married. It's not like they're going to like find a man, right, or yeah. find a hookup or anything like that. They're yeah, legitimately but- just like filling their tank. But there's some mental criteria there. There it's is like a me- the, yeah. You can't wear the same dress. Yeah. To to two weddings. Two weddings. Even if there's nobody that's going to be at the same yeah. wedding. And the worst thing that happens if somebody else is wearing the same dress that you're wearing. Yes. Unless somehow they're besties or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah, I don't get that. I mean, going back to all these movies. I mean, we can name off about a million movies, but most of the people that I know that have, you know, the females I know that have dropped weight. You know, and you said that while well, they have their personalities have developed and then they drop weight, then the physical catches up with their um, personalities. A lot of cases, and I don't see that happening. A lot of cases I see all of a sudden the ego overtakes when all of a sudden they make a physical change. Their mind becomes superficial and their ego just. But then did they have the personality before they lost the weight? Doesn't mean just because just because they lost just because they were out of shape and unattractive and then became attractive doesn't mean that they actually developed that personality. Yeah, I'm saying that the magic is the person that did develop the personality and then got attractive, not the person that's been attractive their whole life. Yeah. That yeah, was my, that, that was my comparison close enough for that. Yeah. Right. Like it's got to you got to have the personality. It's not just going to magically appear because there's a lot of fucking there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, fat, dumb and ugly and still assholes. <laughs> That's true. You know, that is true. Um, one of so I wrote down a few of the studies that are in the book because these are I'm a very much a, a science based person. And I and I the, the best books that that really mean something to me, they go through and they will put the science out there. They'll put an anecdotal story that backs up the science and then they'll put how to implement it. Right. And so this book is packed full of the actual studies. And so a group of fifth fifth graders were initially asked questions in a survey that would separate them into a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. So these questions would be simply these would be super simple questions that would be like, do you think that your smartness is innate or I guess it's fifth graders. So they're going to use dumbed down words, right? Like, do you think that you are just as smart as you are? Or do you think you can grow your smartness? Right. And then that would yeah. separate the kids. And so then they were showed a box and it was just an empty cardboard box. But they said in this box is a test that measures something that's really important for your school career. 
And then right after that, they asked them some questions to make sure they believed them, right? To make sure the kids believed the researchers that there was a test that would actually measure these things, okay? And then they started asking questions about what the kids thought about the test. And they said, do you think that that test measures your intelligence? And that simple question right there, the fixed mindset kids said, yeah, I think that it does. The growth mindset kids said, I don't think there's really tests that can measure your intelligence. Or they said, do you think that that test measures your intelligence, measures how intelligent you're going to be when you become an adult, like how intelligent you will eventually become? And the fixed mindset kids said, yeah, I think that that test could be in there. And the growth mindset kids would say, there's no way a test could measure right now how smart I'm going to be when I'm an adult. And it was that simple. Now, if you take that idea, just take that simple idea and put yourself in those two kids, you know, right? We'll yeah. call them, uh, what, what did I call them? I called them Frank and Grant, fixed mindset and growth mindset. And Frank with the F is fixed mindset and Grant with a G is growth mindset. Now think about those two boys. Let's say they're at the same mental level. They're at the same intelligence level in fifth, sixth grade, right? And that's a pretty informative, you know, pretty imperative years in there from, you know, fifth to seventh grade, you're, you're, there's a lot happening in those yeah. times. And let's say they're in algebra class or math class, I guess, in that year. I don't even know, whatever. And a teacher who's putting together an advanced placement program, like her whole job is to put it together an advanced placement program for kids that are, you know, advanced or could be advanced or, or want to be advanced. Um, and she comes in and she sits down and she talks to those two boys and she says, I'm putting together a program and you guys both qualify because you're both, you know, in the top half of your class or whatever. OK. And she says um, it's it's voluntary, but we're going to take and we're going to we're going to do four years of learning in a year. And that's going to put us so far ahead that by the time you're through high school, you'll have most of your college credits done. Right. And Grant, with his growth mindset, he looks at it and he goes, well, I'm good at math but I'm not amazing at math, right? Because he's got the growth mindset. And we just said that he understands that nothing can tell him how smart he's going to be. So Grant takes on the challenge. Frank has a fixed mindset. First of all, two things Frank has going for, has, has going against him is the first thing is Frank is completely judging who he is by where he is today. And so if he is challenged and it's hard and he doesn't meet the challenge, he's going to feel like a failure. And Frank looks and goes, well, I'm just average. I'm the top, you know, I'm just above average in my class. Yeah. Why would I ever be able to be, be in this advanced program? And that right there is, is, is the, at its core, the difference in how a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. Think about like two diverging roads, right? And I'm using my hands. I realize you guys are listening to a podcast, but think of, think in your mind and you have two roads, you have one road and, and it, and it splits off and it only takes a 10 degree difference, right? One road yeah. goes 10 degrees to the right. One road goes straight. Now take that and drive a hundred miles down that road. Think about how much further off the path that one little 10 degree right turn takes. That's probably 500 miles difference between where Frank ended up and where Grant ended up. And it's these simple things that change the, the challenges that you're willing to take. They change your confidence. They change everything over and over and over. 50 times a day, 10 times a day, 100 times a day. Some days yeah. nothing, some days a bunch more. And that that right there is the difference in how a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset in a child could change who it becomes an adult. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I think even as adults, I think taking that same concept versus, you know, these cut and dry new year resolutions that never never sustain I mean, if you can start making the little changes, the little 10% changes, you know, five, you know, two, three, four, five years from now, you're going to see, you know, miles and miles of difference in what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, places you go, places you go to eat. I mean, I know some people that spent their whole life doing things like even uh, eating certain foods and just by trying something starting on day one, that's so completely out of their, you know, realm of comfortability, you know, two, three years later, now they're a whole completely different person. And it's just, all it is is taking a decision just to do it one time. And that's all it is. Yeah. I find that with meditation a lot. When I talk to people about meditation, well, I could never sit for five minutes and not think of anything. No, right now you can't. 
Right yeah. now, if I tell you to sit for five minutes and not think of anything and you never practice meditation, you're going to make it about seven seconds. Seven seconds. Yeah. But guess what? If you try, if we try today and we do that for five minutes every day for three months and every time in that seven seconds, you catch your mind and you bring it back to nothing. And then in that five minutes, fuck, how many times is that? I don't know. I'm not going to do the math, but a hundred times, right? And yeah. you just did a hundred reps. And then tomorrow it might be 99 reps. And then in two weeks, it might be 70 reps. But that means that that time, that seven seconds might be 15 seconds. And in three months, four months, five months, you might make it three minutes without thinking of anything, nothing, just zero white mind. And if you guys haven't gone back and listened to the meditation podcast, it is one of the most influential things in high achievers that they all do. Um, but to go back, like that's one thing, like that's a thing that fixed mindset people. I could never do that. Right. No, you're right. Right now you can't. It's not like pull-ups. It is a lot like pull-ups. I can't do pull-ups. My wife was, was on a mission. She's on a mission to do pull-ups because she used to be able to do a few. Right. But then we got in that car accident and, uh, she had never, never really gone back to them and she never really did a lot of them anyways, but she could do them. Like when, you know, before our accident, she could get up on a pull-up bar and do one or two. Yeah. Um, and then she exploded her wrist into tiny little pieces and, uh, it's, it's all back. So she was like on a mission the last two months. Like, so she's been on the assisted pull-up machine and she's been dropping her weight and dropping her weight and dropping her weight. Um, so if you guys have never used an assisted pull-up machine, basically it takes weight off of your body. So it, you, you are standing on a machine or kneeling on a machine and it makes a 130 pound person minus whatever you select the weight at. So, you know, maybe she started at yeah. 40 pounds. So it would make her like she was 90 pounds and she was doing them. And doing them and doing them. And then she sent me a video from the gym the other day and she jumped up on the pull-up bar of just a regular pull-up bar and she did like two or three. And it was the most excited I've seen her in a a long (laughs) ass time. It was awesome because she had, she had set a goal and she had accomplished it. And that was a growth mindset right there. It wasn't, I can't do pull-ups. It was, I can't right now do two or three pull-ups. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm so big on the pull-ups thing because it changes how people look yeah because it changes it gets rid of that pear shape and, yeah you know your pull-ups affect everything you do your bench gets better uh everything gets better because it's your back it's one of the two largest muscles in your body you really find your weaknesses when you're doing pull-ups yeah like you really it points out your weaknesses instantly yeah because i'm still i like if i if i jump on a pull-up bar i can do you know full dead hangs five to eight and i can keep doing them i can take a yeah. break and keep doing them but that's about all i get is five to eight. Yeah. But man, you can see like, yeah, I can feel right where the week, right where your weakness is. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it sucks, but I remember, oh man, when I was at my worst, I remember getting to like 60 or 70 pull-ups and that's not consecutive. No. Yeah. But you know, it's getting that hundred and that determination to get that hundred. All of a sudden I'm down to one. Yep. I got to jump up on it, do one dead hang and yep. then hop off. You know, stretch a little bit, yep. get that muscle, and until you get to 100. But there's nothing more exhilarating than getting to that 100 and also be like, you know what? I'm going to do 10 more. And you know what? I mean, now it's like every two, three days, depending on how my back feels, because I'm doing rows and other shit with it too. Um, you know, I'll do 110 to 150 now, but I'll change my my grip positions. Um, or, you know, I'll offset that. Some days I'll, I'll strap a... 25 or 45 pound plate and then you do you know shorter rep pull-ups but it's just such a like i said that's on the physical side for me yep it's such an exhilarating exercises and it sucks yeah because i'll be honest i don't like them at all yeah i don't like doing them and i can sit in this office and i could be like you know what uh i could probably wait a day they're a little sore but you know once i start doing them and you get done there's there's never been a day i regretted doing any so and you're pretty good at them now. Is there anything that you're that you're not good at that you ignore? Hmm. Like things that you know, Gosh. right? Because we all have we have those. Yeah, we all we have, all have those. those. I was gonna say running, but problem is, yeah. Once again, running, I'm actually pretty good at it. Yeah, I'd love to say swimming, but I can't say that. Yeah, it's been a while since you swam. You probably, but you probably fucking jump right back in your fish. I know the summer I just did that one where I liked it underwater for two laps under the pool. I was like, oh, okay, I still got it. I'm I good. guess I'm not 
90 years old yet, but but part of that too is uh okay, the one thing I was bad at was having patience in the sauna. And sauna is kind of I guess it's got the cardiovascular qualities too. Yeah, so but the, you're not in the, motion. There hasn't been there hasn't been many studies to extrapolate this out yet, but basically y- you get a life extending benefit from sauna. Now, we don't know if that can stack on top of cardiovascular because you also get life extending benefits from cardiovascular. So um, there could be a stacking ability where, you know, you could get five to 10 percent longer lifespan. And this is all done with um, this is all done with animals and with telomere length and a lot of stuff like that. So this doesn't mean that your life is going to be extended if you fucking get hit by a bus. Right. Duh. We all know that. Yeah, so but, I have a far infrared. Yeah. So they're saying that there's, you know, you're, it's equivalent to doing cardio. The problem for me is, yeah, you know, when I first started, I was like, oh, man, 10, 15 minutes sitting here sweating, doing absolutely nothing is like driving me nuts because I don't mind doing cardio if I'm doing something, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm going somewhere. I'm not a big treadmill guy, but if I go outside and I'm sitting there watching birds and stuff, I could probably, yeah. I can crank them out. Not an issue. Yeah. Swimming. I know I'm getting somewhere. Yeah. But when I'm sitting in a sauna, I'm looking, I'm sitting in a cube, basically cooking myself, looking at nothing. You do it without your phone? Well, I started my phone, then my phone gets hot, then I open the door quick and I flip it on Yeah, the, the phone definitely gets hot. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you're just sitting there sweating and I'll throw the phone out. Now it's the point where, yeah, I'll get, I can get 20, 25 minutes in. And then I'll throw it out and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to crank out another, you know, three to five minutes here yeah. and just watch that clock. And uh, and it feels great Yeah, when I get it done. But yeah, it took a while. I, yeah. I didn't like that thing. I bought it because I knew, I knew it was good for me. Yep. But it, it took a while. See, to there's, and there's a big difference too, not to get totally off the, the, the mindset train, but there's a big difference too in the type of cardio that you're doing, you know, and that's, that's what a lot of people don't, they're not able to distinguish, right? So what are your goals with your cardio? Because if your goals are to lose weight, you're going to do a different kind of cardio than if your goals are to um, build endurance or if your goals are to uh, build your recovery time. Right. Because if your yeah. if your goals are to build your recovery time, you're going to be doing, you know, sprint intervals. If your goals are to lose weight, you're going to be doing a medium heart rate um slow burn cardio, you know, so maybe, and I don't, I don't remember this exactly, but your heart rate is your goal. Heart rate is going to be between like 90 and 130, Right. Yeah. And it, it's more of a, I think they call it like a talking heart rate. Right. So you could still have a conversation with somebody and that's yeah. like the kind of burning. Whereas if you're, um, if you're trying to build endurance, right. For an endurance race or for, uh, you know, maybe you're going hiking, you know, and you're going, you know, mountain hunting, um, then you're talking some sort of like, I think it's under 110 or under 115 is where you want to keep your heart rate. So you guys got to realize that like when we talk about cardio and anybody talks about cardio, there's all different goals and you need to be, you need to be, you need to have a goal at what you're doing. I'm not just like, oh, I'm going to do 20 minutes of cardio. Well, what kind of cardio? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, for me, I'd rather be functional. Where if I'm carrying a pack, I'm not going to be going up a hill and be, you know, dropped dead by the time I get up to the top. Maybe you should come do the stairs. <laughs> I do the stairs? Yeah. Oh, the stair machine? Yeah. That will oh. fuck your day up. Yeah, probably, I guess. Yeah. That thing's a bitch. I just see everybody up on there and then they do that, like, you know, that leg kick in the back to get the No, that's just the chicks with the butts. Okay. That's just the chick with the butts. That's the glute activation. No, I like the dudes that lean on the stairs. Like they lean so much that like maybe their 170 pound frame is really only about 120 <laughs> pounds. And they're like, yeah, I'm doing it. Like, nah, bro, you got to slow yeah, down. And you dying. don't get to touch that bitch. You don't get to touch the handles. Yeah. <laughs> um. So and so we talked about to get back to the to the core topic of the podcast. Um, we talked about kids with a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Now, let's think about um, the difference in like a teacher with a growth mindset for the, versus a fixed mindset. And a teacher. Uh, well. So think about the difference in a teacher that thinks that intelligent is fixed versus a teacher that thinks intelligence is developable, developable. Is that the right word? That's a word. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, think about how they think about how they go into a class and how they would teach a class, how they would challenge their students. Right. Like it's the difference between can I teach these kids versus how can I teach these kids? Okay. And so she, she elaborates a story of, uh, 
Jaume Escalante, who was a teacher that went into Garfield High School, which is one of the worst high schools in L.A., um, mainly Hispanic, very, very low um, test scores, very low interest level in the in the curriculum. You know, the kids are basically just there because they have to be there. Yeah. And uh, Jaume has a very, very strong growth mindset. And he went in and he had to teach calculus. Right. And he's teaching calculus to inner city, predominantly Spanish kids in a school where they don't give a fuck. But he didn't ask himself, can I teach these kids? He asked himself, how can I teach these kids? And him and his colleague, what was his colleague's names? Benjamin Jimenez not only taught these inner city kids college level calculus, but they took the class to the top of the nation's charts. Only three public schools in the country had more kids taking the advanced placement calculus test than his students by the end of the year. And that's just the difference between a normal teacher and a teacher with a growth mindset. Well, at so, that level. That's so good. now take that, right? And then think about how much we're leaving on the table in this country if we have a bunch of fixed mindset teachers. Yeah. You know, and not to say, I mean, they're, they're still great people. And that's the thing is I, I, I don't want this to seem like those teachers are, um, bad people. If they have a fixed mindset, they're not, they're still there. They're still doing great things. They're still trying, but if, but just think about the difference in how a teacher is going to teach a, a, a slower kid or a, a less advanced kid or a below average kid, right? They're going to give them, if they have a fixed mindset, they're going to challenge them less. Yeah. They're going to let them get by with a little bit more. You know, they're going to let them squeak through with a little bit lower grades. They're going to give them a little bit less reading or give them a little bit less challenge and then take that and go year after year after year after year. And you've got the difference in somebody who's actually a world beater that started out behind and somebody that maybe started out average and actually got slowed down and now is below average because they've gotten beat out by growth mindset kids that are being taught by growth mindset teachers. Yeah. I mean, look what's happening in the inner cities. Yeah. You know, and what's funny about it is there's so many movies about growth mindset teachers that go into an inner city school and turn it around and be the hero. And, you know, have these, this high yield, you know, all these uh, superstars that they get out of these, these schools. Yeah. But yet we somehow can't tie Hollywood with reality. So the IQ test um, right there, right? Like the IQ, the IQ test was not originally invented to test your IQ right now. It was originally invented to uh, quantify, which if you guys don't know what quantify means, it means basically put a number on, right? Yeah. Quantify a child's intelligence level right now. And then it was to test how the Paris educational system was developing these kids. So they would put a quantitative number on right now. And then the next year they would test them again to see, are we doing, are we doing anything that's helping? That was originally what the IQ test was designed for so that they could judge the school system, not judge the child. When I heard that, that like blew up my mind because I have always thought of the IQ test as judging the person, right? And that would, it had nothing to do with judging the person. It was to judge the development. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Judging the development. It's kind of like a blood test, right? Like we just talked about, right? You have to know where you're at to find out, okay, what do I need to introduce to improve that number? Exactly. And you know, another one, I know we talked about this one before. Um, but an amazing one is the difference in what your internal biases, um, how, how your internal biases can actually affect your own performance in a fixed versus growth mindset. So just like the, just like the fifth grade kids, they brought in a bunch of adults, men, women, um, all minorities and, uh, majority population. So big group of people that were all basically like a, like a normal population. Yeah. And they first gave them the questionnaire that would separate them between fixed and growth mindset. Because that's the thing is when you're going to do these studies, you have to know at the end were the, were the, was this person that did this thing, a fixed mindset person or a growth mindset person. Okay. So they give them those first and then they separate them into groups and they give them tests. 
one group is just handed the test. And then the other group is handed the test and then they're primed. So let's say they're primed as though um, they would say something to the effect of, um, here's a standard math exam. Women generally don't perform as well as men, but just do your best. Just a simple priming statement like that. Or um, here's a simple uh, English exam. Latinos definitely uh, do a little worse on this, but it's okay. Just do your best. It's a simple priming statement. They gave them all the test. So of the fixed mindset groups, here's the first astonishing fact of this study. And this has nothing really to do with the fixed first growth mindset. But in the groups that were primed, the the group that was primed, so if it was women and they were primed towards women doing poorly, did worse than the group that was just handed the test. Okay. So they were primed with a statement like, women generally do worse on these tests and they did worse because they had an internal bias. Here's where the fucking astonishing part comes in is the women and Latinos and African-Americans that had a growth mindset did exactly the same in the prime group as in the unprime group. So their internal bias was not triggered because they didn't have an internal bias from the that the priming could trigger does that make sense did i explain that well i think so so the the growth mindset group that gets primed that oh well women generally don't do well on this test so you're saying that they came into this test without having an internal bias yes or, or we don't know that right the science will, the science will not tell us something that. a growth t- mindset person would be like Oh, just because you're telling me that that's bullshit. I'm going to. Yes. I'm going to prove you wrong. Yes. Or or it just didn't affect them because it was never a goal. The right. Like they didn't know that that was the whole part of the test was the priming difference. Yeah. As far as they knew, the other group was getting told the same exact thing. Oh, yeah. Right. So they didn't know that that was the difference. The 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 uh, separation of the people was because one was getting primed and one wasn't getting primed. Yeah. And that's astonishing. So. If, so if you have a growth mindset, internal biases affect you less or external biases affect you less than if you have a fixed mindset. If you have a fixed mindset and someone has a bias or you have an innate internal bias, it's going to affect your performance negatively if that bias includes you. Well, so take that and apply that to like some of the social issues that are currently happening. 100%. And I, this is my favorite post that I repost at least once or twice a year. Epictetus 2,000 years ago, said, tell a man he is disadvantaged enough and soon he will believe it himself. Well, right. so in the last two years, you have a ethnic group that have been told they've been disadvantaged. We have multi, multiple ethnic groups that have been told they're disadvantaged. We have- Except for Asians. Yeah, you guys are advantaged. You get you have to perform better to get into the same school that I would. Yeah, apparently if you're smart and rich, you're an Asian. What? <laughs> Quoting Tom McDonald. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> That's pretty. Yeah, you're right. Love me some Tom McDonald. But yeah, so take that and put apply it to our current social system. Now the thing is, is there's also another side to this. And the other side to this, to the social issue, the other side is we also can't look at a disadvantaged child who was raised by fuck ups and say, figure it out, pull up your bootstraps and get to work, kid. You got to get your shit together because that kid's got no fucking idea how to do it. Right. Yeah. So teaching a man how to fish includes teaching him how to fish, not just telling him to fend for him fucking self. And that's the other side of this. That's the, that's the, that's the part that very few people understand is that means lending a hand. That means, that means an outreach hand that says here, come, let let me help you figure this out. Yeah. Which I think ties into where a lot of these fatherless homes, you know, these sons need a male mentor. Yes. You know, and there are some programs out there, but I don't think those programs can keep up. One of the one of the biggest things that 
that comes from Buddhist teaching is, um, is not one of the biggest things, but one big, big idea is when you see the, when you see the way, this might even be a Miyamoto Musashi quote. When you see the way in one thing, you see it in all things. And I think about that more and more and more every day as I become, you know, one one thousandth closer to becoming this, you know, enlightened or trying to become enlightened is I feel like the more and more and more I see everything has to do with balance. Right. And there's a masculine and a feminine. And some men contain a lot more of the masculine than the feminine. Some women contain a lot more of the masculine than the feminine. But a child growing up needs both, needs the balance of both energies. It needs the ideas that come with the masculine along with the ideas that come with the feminine. And I think that's where the damage of the two person household comes in. If you had a perfectly balanced mother or a perfectly balanced father that could put both of those energies into a child, or if you have two dads and they balance out between the masculine and the feminine or two moms and they balance out between the masculine and the feminine, um, you're going to get that balance of energy versus a single parent household that, that doesn't get that balance of the masculine and the feminine it leaves something behind whatever energy is missing gets left behind. And I think right now we're just living through the 20 or 30 years of a lot of kids being raised without that masculine energy. Yeah. And what comes, everything that comes with it, the ideas that come with it, the empathy that comes with it, the you fucked up, but let's figure out how to do it better next time. Right. Because that, that's one thing that I always go back to but in the, in the households that are missing a father is a, a lot of times, and this is all generalizations, a lot of times a mother has some unconditional love for you and she sticks up for you and she covers for you and she knows that you messed up, but she kind of just lets it go. Or she might punish you, but you don't get talked to about it. Whereas a f- the fatherly, more masculine energy is really legitimately like holds you accountable for your actions. Doesn't necessarily put it on you as a, as a human being. You fucked up, not you are a fuck up, right? But you yeah. fucked up. Now let's figure out how to move forward from this. And that I think is what's missing. Yeah, I agree. I think we covered the, covered the mindsets deep enough. Fuck, we might just have to, we might have to start at the beginning and just go right back through and do a bunch of these. Cause honestly, like I looked, I look back, I did a post today. If you guys didn't see it, I did the top nine and uh, there's three or four guests in there, but there's like, really, I can see what is, um, what you guys are really enjoying and what is really helping. And man, I feel like if I could redo those podcasts every two months, like just beating you over the head, because I think that that's what. That's what comes. That's what grows change. That's what inspires change is hearing the same message or the same uh, idea from five different people or 10 different people or 100 different people over and over and over. And then that's why you are the average of the five closest people around you, because that's the same messages that are that are imprinting on you and altering your mentality and changing your ideas and introducing new things to you from their five closest people. Right. Yeah. No, and uh, yeah, maybe we got to go back and, you know, reiterate the, you know, squared away principles over and over. Yeah. You know, but uh, for me, I find the growth mindset and fixed mindset is always a battle. You know, even though we can say, well, we're more in a growth mindset. Well, I don't know, the minute you uh, slack off or, you know, mentally just are not on. Sometimes those fixed mindset characteristics, man, they can creep up on you pretty fast. Yeah. And that's the thing. Nobody, nobody is all one or the other. And that's that after reading the book the second time, that's what I really, um, really hit me like, oh, there isn't like a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. Like, fuck, I'll have days where I'm in both. I'm extreme on both sides. Yeah. And it's just trying to live more time, trying to put more, you know, if, 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 if we had two buckets, right. And, and we started the day with a thousand red stones and we we're just carrying these thousand red stones around. And I had one bucket that was the growth mindset and one bucket, the fixed mindset. And every time my mindset plays a part in my day, whether it's to take a challenge or do something like I put a stone in one of those buckets. The goal is to have more stones than I did yesterday in the growth mindset bucket. Yeah. And then, you know, the Buddhist uh, saying that I heard 
I think it was a couple of days ago, is uh, what's, oh, what is one thing that, oh, what is the thing that we most often take for granted or the one thing that we don't have enough of? And it's time. Yeah. And for me, you know, I'm, I'm turning 50 this year. And I look back at my life and it's like, well, how fast did the last 20, 30 years go? I mean, it screamed. Flew. I got, you know, my kids are like full grown now and I, I'm still like putting together pictures of them when they were little and it flies by and I'm looking at, you know, my son and I watched like the, the Harry Potter uh, series, you know, over the weekend and there's an actor in there, Alan Rickman. He's been in like 50 plus movies. And I was like, wow, how come I haven't seen him? Also, I didn't realize he had passed away 2016, pancreatic oh, wow. cancer at 69, right? And this week we lost Betty White at 99. But we've lost so many people in the past year in their 40s, 50s, 60s. It's unbelievable. And it's true. You, you don't know. I mean, I'm at 50 now. I may have, if I'm like, you know, Alan Rickman, I may have 19 years. And the last 19 years went by fast. So you know, carrying those red stones, you know, I, you never know, might get hit by a bus tomorrow. Yep. So, you know, never say that you're going to, you know, change, I'll change, you know, next year or I'll change over the end. I'm going to wait till the first of the year. Yeah. You know, you never know when you have time, just do it today. Today. A little bit better today. Then a little bit better tomorrow and a little bit better the next day. Yeah. All right. That's a wrap. 